The Shamrock is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Notre Dame ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. You can even find tickets to some of the great concerts at Notre Dame Stadium. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Shamrock. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Matt Fortuna atop Notre Dame Stadium after Notre Dame's 21-20 come-from-behind victory over Virginia Tech. Um, there's a lot to unpack about this. Uh, Matt, you were Is here. There? Yeah, yeah. Matt, you were here writing on Virginia Tech uh, in what could have been a a famous win in the in the history of the program. Um, it also could have been a very famous loss for Notre Dame if it if it broke that way, especially on the heels of the Michigan performance. Um, I, I guess my biggest takeaway is you, you always sort of wonder how much the outside noise gets to college kids um, for for the amount of time they spend talking about how they block it out and it's not important, it doesn't matter, the locker room is the only thing that matters, etc. Uh, talking to Ian Book after the game and even seeing him on the field, it is clear that the negativity that came out of um, that no-show performance at Michigan very much got inside the goog and inside the quarterback room. Um, and he responds with 29 to 53, two touchdowns, two picks, had a third that got wiped out by a roughing the passer penalty, leads the game winning touchdown drive, scores the game winning touchdown on a really ballsy uh, run call by Chip Long there with no timeouts remaining. So it's, uh, I don't know where you want to go with that. There's a yeah, lot. That, you just there's, said a lot. There's I a mean, lot. There's just a lot. This, well, today, today was a lot. Let's go to like the first second of your yeah. five minute rant there. I mean. <laughs> Bud Foster, the famed Virginia Tech defense coordinator who's retiring at the end of the year uh, during his post-game press conference, said if, if Virginia Tech held on to win there, uh, that 98-yard Divine Diablo uh, fumble recovery right before halftime to tie the score, quote, would have been one of the all-time great plays in Virginia Tech history, end quote. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a weird game with a lot of weird plays, none as big as that one or, or the last second touchdown. But uh, to your point about noise and blocking it out and so forth, I can't say that's surprising. Um, I probably wouldn't want to be an 18 to 22 year old, you know, with access at my fingertips to every single Twitter troll out there, um, even us <laughs> at times. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of them subscribe to Shamrock, but if they do, <laughs> hello. Um, I mean, look, professional athletes tweet this stuff all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're not blocking it out, if they're using it as fuel. I think it's unreasonable for us to expect the same of well, 18 to 22 But, I mean, that's why it's interesting. I've, I think pro athletes know how to use it as fuel, and college kids can be torn down by it. Sure. And so that that's what was interesting to me is Brian Kelly even saying that the team played tight tonight, like they were afraid to make a mistake. How much of that is social media? Probably very little. Mm-hmm. How much of that is the coaching staff really riding you during the, the week? Probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... I was just sort of curious how Notre Dame was going to respond tonight after after the Michigan performance because it's uh, I felt like it would be a close game, but I thought I think I picked them to win by ten. I mean that was 
it felt like they they won by half a point. Um, it was <laughs> they did. You can see yeah, that hold at yeah, the end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jay Bramblett, uh, special teams MVP, MVP. Seriously, it was. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated to see how they deal with the negativity because it's now. Now I feel like the rest of the season is sort of just going to be played on knife's edge through Stanford. Um, that there's going to be almost a, a vibe of like, when is Notre Dame going to make the big mistake and can they deal with it with that kind of um, axe hanging over their head? I, I mean, I, they they came through tonight, but it's, that's just a very difficult way to play football. I mean, you could say they came through tonight. Um, Ian Book's the roughing the passer on Ian Book. I don't think affected the interception that he threw on that play that would have changed the game. And uh, they were very fortunate to not have an, basically an intentional safety called on that one kick return that would have completely yep. changed the outlook. It would have been an eight-point game, and Virginia Tech would have got the ball back. I, I, I'm with you, and I'm in the same boat in terms of, yeah, I mean, this was a very, like, stress-free season before last week. Um, even when you lose to Georgia, like, there's this – I don't want to say weight lift off your shoulders. The goal is to win the championship and make the playoff and this, that. But it was very clear that once they lost to Georgia, like, they probably weren't going to be playing for the playoff this year. Like, yeah, miracles would have fair. had to happen – elsewhere and in some ways I feel like that can liberate you to go out there just have fun play ball beat the teams you're supposed to beat which we had thought at one point was going to be everyone left on their schedule and now the way they lost last week and the way they looked out out here tonight it's I think look will they beat Boston College at home probably will they beat Navy probably although Navy's really good team this year and Stanford on the road has always been a house of horrors and, and you know, they go do it next week too which uh, had their way with these same Hokies what a month ago but um, I, I don't know if that's a programmatic problem if that's a few individuals on the team letting the the quote-unquote haters get the best of them I don't know I mean I, I it, it just feel, felt like a weird game out there I don't know if I don't know if they're pressing. I don't know if it was part of the game plan. It just felt weird all afternoon watching this team play. And when they got to the red zone, I thought they were going to score a win because they've been good in the red zone all year and they weren't so good in the red zone today. And I just thought when you've got Chase Claypool and Cole Komet out there, Andy and Book, a guy who can make plays with his legs, eventually you're going to break through. And I thought Virginia Tech's defense, as good as they played throughout the night, was was close to breaking at the end there. And... I just don't know if the blame for this, you know, underwhelming win falls on the staff or the players or what have you. I just think it's programmatically we're looking at these guys a lot differently than we did eight days ago. Yeah, I think that maybe we just overestimated what Notre Dame was when the season started. And it has to be taken into account. You're down two starting offensive linemen. You had a receiver quit the team. Uh, Your starting running back is hurt, replaced by another running back who has been hurt the entire year. Um it's. I mean, it's worth noting that the the starting offense that Notre Dame used in the first day of camp will have played zero snaps together for the entire damn season. So that's that is that's a heavy thing uh, for for I think Ian Book to try to carry for Chip Long to try to carry, and, and I think you're you're seeing all the inefficiencies that go into that. Um, I I think ultimately Notre Dame is is just a good team. Um, that means they're probably a nine, nine and three is good. Ten and two is is good plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pushing great. And I think you, you I mean you watched Notre Dame last week. You watched them tonight. Now they're going to be not only is Tommy Kramer out for the year. Uh, Brian Kelly said that Robert Ainsey has a, a believed to be a fractured ankle. That's done for yeah. the year. Um, so you're down. You're two starting offensive linemen on the right side of that line. Your running game struggling. 
maybe Tony Jones comes back next week against Duke. Maybe he doesn't. Jafar Armstrong, I think, is certainly going to have a lot to get over um, after that goal line fumble. Even though I think he's, just, I think he's an incredible talent. Um, there's just it's it's a difficult situation, I think, for Notre Dame, and we're gonna the blame that goes to Ian Book is probably overdone because what he's working with is not nearly close to what I think he and Chip Long thought they were going to be working with when the season started. Yeah, but, I mean, it's the nature of playing quarterback in our sure. game. And yeah. his I mean, position guys, coach knows guys that get better hurt. than anybody. Um, yeah, guys get hurt. The guy was God's gift to football last year when he came in and turbocharged the offense, and this year he hasn't been as hot, and um, they've lost a couple games, and that's just the nature of the position. Um, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's the world we live in. That's uh, – it's just kind of what you sign up for, for better or worse, coming into this game. Uh, by the way, you mentioned camp. You mentioned having a full uh, roster and, and the word practice. Very interesting revelation by Brian Kelly, post-game press conference. Now, I was in the Virginia Tech side of things, but I saw your tweet, which uh, seemed to have taken off, and it's a bit of a head-scratcher. Elaborate on what Brian Kelly said and try to make sense of that, because I, I, I don't think either of us believe that to be true, but why would you No, I, I have uh, checked and do not believe that to be true. Um, <laughs> But I, I have no clue why you would say it if you're the head coach. I mean, just for the listeners who didn't hear the press okay. conference, Brian yeah. Kelly so said. The, the quote, I don't have the quote in front of me, but Brian Kelly did say that two-minute drill was the, this tonight was the first time Ian Book had run it successfully this year. Not in games, but in games and in practices. Um, that is, that's a weird thing to say. Um, he volunteered that you know Phil Dracovic was reading off the dummy card against Bowling Green. Um, we wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. No, just that we wouldn't have known the two-minute drill either. It's a very strange thing to say, um, true or untrue, because, it, I mean, it really makes you – like, Ian Book is already dealing with enough exactly. scrutiny. Exactly. He doesn't need that extra crap on him. Um, and that's – the head coach is, is delivering that up. So I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. I'm, I'm surprised – if it was true, I'd be very surprised. Um, and I don't believe it to be true, just sort of by asking around. So I just have a hard time seeing that being possible, um, given how much they practice. And, yeah, I don't understand why you'd volunteer something like that for the same reasons you just mentioned. Um, there yeah, are a lot of people with a lot it, of opinions. It's so know. interesting to sort of see that quote. Um, you know, take, I mean, the quote is, So this was the first time Ian scored in a two-minute drive, so hats off to him. And dropping eight is difficult to find lanes, and he found it. And that's why I said, in many respects, is a great building block for him. Um, I guess the quote got. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know that we have scored against our defense all year in two minute. Quite frankly, so I guess maybe he didn't say for sure, but it just is. Regardless, it's a weird thing to say. I mean, yeah. the guys the guys playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders already. You don't need to you don't need to throw another dumbbell on there. Say that. Well, if you said that last week, and the whole public is watching Notre Dame run a two minute drill, knowing that they can't even complete this against their own defense in practice when running yeah. it every week uh yeah it's just that's that one's a head scratcher i I don't know what to make of it but uh their third and where are they seven yard line right when they scored third and goal from a seven what a freaking play call and i mean look i say that because of the fact that if it doesn't work out i think they lose this game i mean there were 29 seconds left when they scored uh they had no timeouts left if he doesn't score there uh you have no timeouts left everyone's scrambling to get set uh you're probably taking another five or ten seconds to pick the best play you have at the line of scrimmage and the entire game is coming down to one last play from 
anywhere between one and seven yards out. Um, that's just a really, really gutsy play call that I did not see coming as someone who follows this team very closely and full, is fully aware of what Ian Book is capable of doing with his legs. Um, I just think that's a really gutsy call, and hats off to them. It worked. We're telling them it worked, and they're heroes for because it worked. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, <laughs> sometimes you got to win football games that way, and, and Notre Dame did it today. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code SHAMROCK. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code SHAMROCK. Don't forget that's promo code SHAMROCK for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they did put away the USC game on a quarterback sneak. Um, you know, on this on this play, Liam Meikenberg comes around, pulls from the, the left to the right side and has a really nice block. And then, and then Book sort of adjusts as well. So it's... It's. I mean, it's one of the things that I think is under underrated. Book we spend so much time on the arm. Like his his legs are really quality. I mean, they, they can get stuff done, uh, and that that's happened more than once this year. Led them in rushing is today fifty it's, yards. Yeah, I don't know if that's a positive. No, I, 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 for a team it's but, probably not, but for him, it's, yeah. But I mean, he wasn't sacked, and you know, ended up he he rushed positively fifty four yards and ended up with fifty for the game. Lost four in another play, so. It was a big, um, it was a big boost. I, you know, defensively, I, Clark Lee, I thought was, look, he, he's going against a quarterback who almost cannot throw. Um, yeah, first, you know, Chris nine started, of, and they think, weren't really yeah, letting him. Quincy throw either, Patterson but. finished, I think, nine to, nine to twenty-eight for a buck thirty-nine. At the end of the third quarter, Virginia Tech had more fumble return yards than passing yards, <laughs> and more and more fumble return yards than rushing yards. Um, and he asked a lot of Dante Vaughn and Troy Pride. And aside from a really one of the nicest catches you will see all year from Trey Turner, that 50-yarder, mm-hmm. um, that game plan came good. Um, I, the, the defense continues to give Notre Dame a chance to win every game, and then it's, it's sort of incumbent upon the offense to sort of pick, pick up that gift and run with it, which they don't always do, but they did tonight. But – it starts with, I think, the job that Clark Lee did I thought was excellent. Yeah, uh, second straight week of Patterson throws less than – completes less than 10 pass- passes against Notre Dame's defense. This one a lot better showing for Notre Dame's defense than last week's. But, like, both teams averaged 2.8 yards per rush. They couldn't get much going on the ground game, which I think is more impressive from Notre Dame's defensive standpoint because Quincy Patterson, who there's not a lot of film on, but did run for, I think, 150 yards his last time out in relief role against North Carolina. Uh, you, you would you had to take away the rushing lanes, and you had to make this first-time starter beat you with your with his arm, and he wasn't able to do it. I mean, if you look at the box score, even you know at halftime when the, the score was tied, I mean, Notre Dame, there's no reason it should have been tied other than the fluky play right before well, yeah, halftime I mean, that happened. I mean, the, they had six three and outs on their first seven drives, yeah, and the touchdown drive featured, I believe, a penalty or two that extended it. It's worth remembering. I mean, you obviously have the book interception at the very beginning of the game. That was that was bad. Mm-hmm. However, before the Jafar Armstrong fumble that's returned for a touchdown, I think we we sort of overlooked Jeremiah Jeremiah Usu Koromoa. 
had the ball and could and like was ready to return yes. it for a touchdown and couldn't quite get a clean grasp. If he runs that in, the Jafar Armstrong thing never happens. Mm-hmm. You know, Notre Dame's up twenty-one-seven at that point. I think they probably roll away with it. But um, they overcame a lot of weird stuff. You had already mentioned the Lawrence Keys uh, kickoff return that was right. almost a safety that wasn't. Um, you know, you had the, digging out that hole. There is you're converting that fourth down to Chase Claypool. Um, there was a lot. There are a lot of moments where this game could have got away from Notre Dame. I don't. I don't think it was a all hope is lost, unbelievable that they came back type of performance. Um, they were. They were certainly never out of it. But man, they they had a lot of things go against them, and they need a lot of things in the second half to break their way. And pretty much all of them did. You mentioned the Trey Turner fifty something yard pass or catch in the fourth quarter, and when Virginia Tech settled for three there, I thought. That's one that the Hokies are going to want back because they've been getting, they haven't been getting a lot offensively, and that was an opportunity to go up by, uh, what was it, 17? We would have been up by 10 points. And at yeah. that point, all hope is pretty much lost for Notre Dame with the way this game has been, has been shaping up. And so when you give an offense uh, time and time again an opportunity, I think eventually, especially the senior quarterback, they're going to break through. And, man, hats off to Chase Claypool. I mean, uh, the, the fourth down slant on fourth and ten from the 30-something yard line that, that, that extended the drive. And they had a fourth down before that earlier as well. I don't remember. Was it Chip Claypool as well who had caught that one? They took fourth downs three on that drive. Th- yeah, I think they were for the game. They had three, if I'm not but mistaken. On that drive, though, there were two. And it, it felt like everyone knew it was going to him. I mean, I – I was writing a story on Quincy Patterson, a Chicago kid. I was in the stands for the fourth quarter with his family, which was a visiting the Virginia Tech visiting uh, family section. But you know, it's Notre Dame Stadium. There are Notre Dame fans everywhere, including one right in the row in front of us. And uh, he says something. They they throw to the same two guys every single time. Just just, just stop them. <laughs> you know, I think he spoke for the eighty thousand who were here today. I mean, you knew it was going to Claypool or Komet every time, and. First and second down, Virginia Tech did a great job of keeping it away from those guys at the goal line uh, before Book uh, had some heroics with his legs. But um, I, I think that's a really tough thing to do, to be the target of the defense on pretty much every single play and still be able to answer the bell time and time again. And the the pass before that that they reviewed when he got one foot oh down, my God. great play. And live, you know, I'm on the other side of it. I, <clears throat> I can't see, but I'm thinking there's no way – he could have made that catch. We had, and uh, we see the replay on the Jumbotron. And, again, Patterson's family's like, oh, shoot, that was a great play. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're hoping it gets hope, and they see that, and they're, yeah, that was a really good play, man. <laughs> yeah, Troy Pride came in. but We didn't talk to Clay, Chase Claypool, but Pride came in. We asked him about that play, and he's like, whoo, man. I'm like, I see that every day in practice. <laughs> like, he was just – he got real worked up not about it. Not the two-minute drill, apparently. No, but. yeah, apparently not. But um, it was – God, that was a hell of a catch. I mean, I think that that is, you know, we talked about a little bit about the injuries, and yeah, injuries happen, but Notre Dame doesn't have enough Chase Claypools and Cole Komets on no, this team. They, they, um, they don't, I don't want to say they never have, but that's they, the they, biggest fault with this roster is a lot yeah, of skill players, and I, explosive skill players. I think we sort of overestimated some guys developing that have not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think among Kevin Austin, who hasn't played this all at all this year, Braden Lindsay, I think, has, has a chance to be really good. Um, you know, Jafar Armstrong is, has been injured. That's been a real struggle. You know, I think Chris Fink had a good game today, but I think overall has, has struggled this season, mm-hmm. as he said. Um, they just – they don't have enough – like, I, it was funny that you look back at last year's game, it's like, well, why did they run away with it? Dexter Williams ran for 180 mm-hmm. yards. Miles Boykin had two touchdowns. That was five touchdowns between 
the two of them, and then Julian Lovehead That's right. the sixth. Um, those guys really have not been replaced at the level that I that that me personally I assumed that they would have been. Like I, I thought this offense was going to be more explosive than last year. It's it's not it's not happening. Right I now. thought so too. Although it is crazy to look at the box score now as we say that and see nine different Notre Dame players had a catch. You know how many for Virginia Tech did three three <laughs> three. And again, they only completed nine passes and gave themselves a chance to win the game at the end, but. It's just one of the, the those head-scratching box scores. I mean, Notre Dame had 447 total yards. Virginia Tech had 240, which, of course, does not take into account a 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown, which, as we determined uh, in the press box, the third such fumble return to happen at Notre Dame Stadium oh, yeah. this decade since I've been covering them, which is, what, nine years now? Um, there can't be anyone with – Who's matched that? Yeah, right? who's allowed three ninety-five yard plus kickoff or uh, fumble return touchdowns is is something else. I mean that it you know at halftime there was you know being here I was I was sort of curious what the reception would be as Notre Dame went to the locker room. Do they get cheered? Do they get booed? Is it just silence? I mean it was just it was I took it as silence up in the press box that I think I don't know if people were shocked or they were numb or what their reaction was uh, and I. To that end, I, I give the home fans a lot of credit for sticking around. It's snowing between the third and the fourth quarter, and they were really loud at the end. Um, I mean, this could have been if, – if this entire stadium was filled up with people who follow me on Twitter, like half of them would have left. Um, it, uh, it, was, it was loud at the end. And, if we told them we were doing yeah, a post-game yeah. show here right now, I wonder how many would have stuck around. Yeah, throw rotten produce at the window. <laughs> um, it, it was loud. It was a good environment at the, at the very end. So it's um, – you know, look, I, I've been here and I've covered games where Notre Dame has escaped overmatched opponents, um, and this this was one of them. Uh, there are times when I've come out of it thinking, like, that there's there's very little to, like, hang your hat on and celebrate, um, but I don't think this is one of those games. Um, do I think this means Notre Dame is going to go 10-2? No problem. Absolutely not. But um, the alternative to today was – was a lot of darkness. Uh, and so to come out the other side of that is really significant. Yes. I, uh, I have my reservations about this team after seeing them today, but uh, I do think losing a game like this with everything we just talked about in terms of outside forces, uh, I think we very quickly ventured onto a 2014 wormhole where it's like, okay, they, they, they might lose every game. Yeah, maybe, I don't think they will. Maybe the like, offense is – this offense is that defense yes. in terms of the injuries mounting up. You're down two linemen. Everyone's miserable back. and – you know, their social media trolls are getting it, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. I just think, especially with 18 to 22 year old kids, uh, we're talking about very, very fickle human beings. Yeah. And I, and these are probably the, the toughest and the least fickle uh, of that subset of uh, aged people. And I, I just think lose today and it's, it's bad news. It's losing the way you did. And, you know, if you've come up short on a, in the red zone there again, after a day of coming up short, um, I, I just think the questions here would have been not insurmountable, but just, you know, I, I wouldn't want to read my or your Twitter mentions after a game like that, let alone the players who were at fault, so to speak. Weekends are made for football, and with so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app, and with so much going on, they have great promotions running all month long. 
This week, DraftKings is running a first touchdown scorer promotion. Just bet on the first touchdown scorer in any primetime pro football game and get protected with your wager back if they score at any point in the game. How's that for insurance? And don't forget, the DraftKings Sportsbook app has in-game betting, so you can bet on the games while they're happening. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the promo code FAST. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a direct a deposit bonus up to $500. That's code FAST for all new and existing users to get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Things were very much on edge this week. And, you know, I mean, I even heard stuff back from people who were around the program that was, it, it felt slightly unhinged. Um, and tonight uh, means that it stays on the hinges. <laughs> However, um, I think this team could, it could come off at any moment. Um, and it's it's weird. To, it's like so bizarre to say that because like nine and three, I, I get that we're in the playoff last year and nine and three would be a big step back. However, I don't even say a big step back. It's what we expected. At least I expected. Yeah, it coming in. I mean, I think that coming in the, the kickoff of Michigan when USC ended, I was like, all right, this they're going to go ten and two at least. Yeah. Maybe they'll go eleven and one. Like nine and three is not terrible. Like I, I get, I get the whole like championship or bust type of stuff. Like I don't agree with it, but I looked at the, like this team where they are at the offensive skill positions. That's not a that's not a eleven win team. Um, the ninety three team went eleven and one. <laughs> that like that that's not what this that's not how this roster is put together right now. That's not who's who's healthy. So it's um, I don't know. Maybe we should get out of there on this. Like, will they go ten and two? No, and, I just can't. After maybe it's prisoner of the moment, but looking down at that field, that I was just on minutes ago and, and seeing how much they struggled with the Virginia Tech team that look has gotten better over the course of the season no question about it but still played a very green quarterback in his first career start and lost by 35 points at home to Duke which I mean I wrote a story four weeks ago it's Justin Fuente gonna lose his job and that's, he's yeah, gone undefeated incredible. since then um, until today um, well that's yeah. I mean Brian Kelly is like contract extension for four years or six years <laughs> now it's like how about no years so do you think Urban Meyer's here in Nebraska yeah. next year Nebraska. <laughs> or Florida State. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to skip over USC. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a plan right now. Yeah, okay. Not a coach. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> These are good points. I, I, I can't. I, I'll say Stanford right now because that's the obvious one. But, I mean, I can't look at the product I saw on the field knowing that they're going to be without the entire right side of their line probably for the oh. season. And, I mean, I, I don't intend to just come off as bad as it does. But it's football league. Or people are going to get hurt. I mean, against yeah. their opponents too. Like, but you're already at being stretched very, very thin. Um, Boston College look good today. I mean, I don't think they're going to come in and win here. But you know, Navy's seven and one. Um, the good Navy team on the road at Stanford, which has been a house of horrors. I just, I, I can't get behind. I, again, we're talking seven days ago. Like at this exact time. I'm saying 11 and one or bus essentially because I thought that highly of these guys. It just goes to show how quickly things change. Yeah, yeah, it really is. On, on both I mean, re- reverse. Someone says reverse last week's score. And I know that's like a utopian, fake world and result, but Notre Dame did to Michigan last week. What Michigan did to Notre Dame, which 
I wouldn't say it was probable or possible, but like given how poorly Bishkei played all year, like I wouldn't rule anything out. I mean, Jim, what? <laughs> imagine the shape Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are in right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was a program. That was a program that was on edge coming in, and you know, better late than ever. I guess they have responded, but um, I just can't say I have a whole lot of faith in everything I've seen from this program the last two weeks. Better to win today than lose, but um, I still have a lot of questions. Yeah, it's college football. Uh, my old colleague Tim Priester says it's 13, 13 one game seasons. It's kind of how, uh, how I think how we process. I'm I'm with you. It's it's difficult for me to see them getting through the next three unscathed. Um, so I, I think it, you know, you kind of drop down to nine and three. It's I don't like to sort of amend uh, more longer term predictions in the press box after a game I just covered, but um, the right side of the line being out like. Will they have an efficient run game the rest of the season? I'm not so sure. Um, those they're, are they're going to face better offenses. It's not than like what they face today. Those are their two best offensive linemen. Right. Not. It's not just they lost two guys. They mm-hmm. lost their best two. Um, that's going to be very difficult to deal with. Um, you know. It, you know. Can Ian Book continue to take whatever happened on this last drive and pack and repackage it and then put it on display for three more weeks? That's hard to say too. It's like if you did something once, all once apparently all season, um, would you assume that it would continue to happen, or you would re- sort of uh, regress to the mean a little bit? Well, and there's so much film on what they're doing yeah. now. I mean, people know he's going to look for two guys most of the time, and whether that's his fault, whether it's the fault of the other guys just not being ready, I don't know. But like, yeah. these things catch up to you. Yeah, and I, I think that that caught up to them today. It caught up to them at Michigan. Um, you know, it's something I asked Brian Kelly during the week and he sort of shot it down the fact that or at least the concept that I think Notre Dame's offensive coaching staff with Chip Long they got to find they got to find a, a new lever to push with Ian Book because I just it you watch them and it feels like they've sort of been found out a little bit mm-hmm. um you know Bud Foster and Don Brown are really freaking good at their jobs so you know that's something there but like other defensive coordinators can watch the game film of these last two weeks and then sort of repackage that for for what they do but it's um, I don't know. It, it, Notre Dame's in a weird spot right now. This the season has really taken a bizarre turn mm-hmm. uh, over the last eight days because it's not. You know, I thought I predicted them to win by one point at Michigan, which it was is basically like a I don't know what the heck's going to happen uh, type of prediction. But uh, I certainly didn't think things were going to go as weird as they have over the last eight days. And now I, I'm not. I'm just not sure where it's going to. Keep going. I feel like there could be a few more twists and turns of this season. If and if they go the wrong way, then that's that's sort of how you end up at nine and three. Yeah, I'm great. Look, nine and three you still got a chance to win ten games. You're yeah. going to be in a worse bowl. You'll have a worse opponent than you probably would. Although if you get the group of five team and New Year six, that's more of a winnable game. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you take it week by week at this point, and and, and you, you take whatever result you can get. In this case today, it's never, it's a win for Notre Dame. It's better than a loss and. Uh, they needed it after last week. Boy, yeah, did they ever. big time, big time. All right, well, that's it for our post game, the Shamrock from atop Notre Dame Stadium. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Matt Fortuna. As always, you can rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your Apple Pot or your podcasts. We will be back next week uh, with a bonus episode. I think we're gonna maybe skip the nitty gritty Duke preview and talk a little bit more about uh, Notre Dame's relationship with the ACC. What's working there. Um, So until our bonus episode on Thursday, you've been listening to The Shamrock.